You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast, walking us through the author's use of the Hebrew word Rashit in Genesis. Father Paul exposes the deficiency of biblical translations. I am happy to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. Let's start with Rashit which is translated as beginning. In Genesis, it occurs only in 1-1, which is our verse, 10-10 and 49-3. Let's go over the three texts and see the nuances, remembering that I'm reading the original Hebrew, because in the third case, you will notice suddenly that the English is using a completely different word to translate the same Rashid, which is in 1.1 and 10.10. Okay, so please, hearers, keep this in mind when I'm doing my presentation. I'm not following your English text. 1.1, you all know, but let's go for 10.10 by reading verses... 8 through 12 of chapter 10. Cush became the father of Nimrod. He was the first on earth to be a mighty man. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Therefore, it is said like Nimrod, a mighty hunter before the Lord. The beginning of his kingdom, that is the Reshit, was Babel, Erech, and Akkad, all of them in the land of Shinar. From that land he went into Assyria and built Nineveh, Rehobothir, Kala, and Rezin between Nineveh and Kala, that is the great city. Now, in 49.3, we have Rashid in Hebrew, but let's hear verses 1 through 4 of chapter 49 in English. Then Jacob called his sons and said, Gather yourselves together that I may tell you what shall befall you in days to come. Assemble and hear, O sons of Jacob, and hearken to Israel your father. Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might, and the first fruits of my strength. This first fruits in English is the translation of Rashid, but you're misled because usually first fruits is the translation of Bekor. I hope you understand what I'm trying to show you that what happens when you're reading a translation. Preeminent in pride and preeminent in power, you could see the parallelism with Nimrod. Unstable as water, you shall not have preeminence because you went up to your father's bed, then you defiled it, you went up to my couch. The three, Reshit, are not functionally equal, let alone identical in meaning. Only the first is positive, in its being linked to bara, meaning make positively functional, as I explained, Elohim. So it's Elohim who bara bereshit. In the latter two cases, 
and notice how the English splits between them because it has different translations. It reflects the abuse of power. It is clear in the case of Reuben, as in Genesis 10, it will become clear in Genesis 11 in the story of the Tower of Babel. Okay. Why am I saying this? Because notice how Nimrod is introduced. Like Nimrod, a mighty hunter before the Lord, the beginning of his kingdom was Babel in the land of Shinar. And in chapter 11, we have these two words connected together with the city and the tower. The connection is detectable in the use of Babel in the land of Shinar in 1010 and 11 verses 2 and 9. Outside here, Shinar occurs in 14 verses 1 and 9 and later not until Joshua 7.21. But in Genesis 14, we hear Amraphel, king of Shinar, in conjunction with the five kings of Mesopotamia, whom Abram fought. So you see the parallelism between the three instances of Genesis 10, Genesis 11, and Genesis 14. And then it disappears until later. Thus, intentionality to underscore the abuse of the divine Rashid by humans, Gentile, as well as Israelite. That's not good. So the first Rashid is positive, is the work of God. But with this linkage, you notice that it was abused by the others. And my classic example that I bring to my hearers in my podcast, my book, again and again, it's the play on the Hebrew, Geut, which is positive when it's used of God, negative when it's used of the human beings. However, in the origin is the same word. That's why I have coined this statement that Gu'ut, which means arrogance when it is connected with waters and man, suddenly it becomes glory and power, but it's the same word. And that's why I coined only God is cute and lovely and beautiful in his arrogance. And this is what philosophy and theology does. It is as though we're talking about two different realities or entities. It's like it suits him the way you go and you have to check the size of the sweater that suits you. It's the same material and the same sweater, you know. I mean, in the mall you find size 8, 10, 12, 14, but they look the same. So we have to get used to these things. And later I shall take plenty of time, but I'm postponing this until the end to discuss the good and the evil, the good and the bad in Scripture, as though you can go and refer to Aristotle with his ethics and so on and so forth, that there is something good, there is something bad inherently. In Scripture it is not so. There is God on one hand and the rest on the other hand. Sometimes it works, 
Sometimes it doesn't work. Where does it work? Where does it not work? You have to wait and listen to scripture. The importance of this positive-negative aspect of a word, which of the two aspects is to be determined from the context, can be gathered from the fact that it applies to another related noun, which is rosh, meaning head, whose literal meaning is head. It is beneficial when it relates to a divine action. The four heads or sources of the four great rivers that originate in the river of the garden of the Lord God, which the Lord God planted in Genesis 8, 2. In Hebrew, we have heads, actually KJV translated as heads. And at the end of the punishing flood, the site of the top of the mountains in 8.5 and the full drying out of the waters of the earth on the first day of the first Rishon, reminiscent of Rashid, month. Rishon is first from Rosh. Whereas it reflects arrogance and thus is detrimental when it is linked to a human being or endeavor. In Genesis 13, 12, 15, the head of the serpent. And 11, 4, the top head tower reaching the heavens. One more time, I'm talking about the same word Rosh as head. Suddenly it moves in two opposite directions. Depending on the setting, it is positive when it has to do with God negative when it has to do with someone or something else. I'm sure my hearers notice the interplay between all those words from the same root in the context of Genesis 1 through 11. Again, this cannot be happenstance, especially in the case of the four rivers in verse 11, referred to as four heads in verse 10, coming from the one river in Genesis chapter 2. Okay, you have four rivers, and then suddenly you have the reference to them as heads. Heads, rivers are the same thing in this context. The Septuagint kept the original connotation by translating heads here as archas, the plural of archi, which is used for beginning in Genesis 1.1 and Genesis 10.10 the beginning of Nimrod's kingdom. So you see, the Septuagint and the Vulgate are interesting as very old translations for you to see what's happening. KJV keeps heads, as I told you earlier, for the rivers. Jerusalem Bible has arms. You go for the meaning, but then this is dangerous because you are deciding for the original that there is no interplay, whereas in the original there is obviously an interplay, which you have to respect and try to figure out. In this case, the English head, when applied to a river, means its source, which is not the case here. Still, all in all, no translation can keep the link between all the Hebrew words 
whose root is rosh or resh if you hear only the consonants. Reshit is with an aleph if you know Hebrew. Hmm? You have the resh, aleph, and a shin. Even pronunciation does not help. That's why, and it's very hard for people living uh, mainly in uh, the West, Europe, and so on, because the vowels are an essential part of the alphabet. So if I say Rashid and Rosh, according to you, these are two different words. But if you see it in Hebrew, it is the same root. The same thing with Rishon. You have Rashid, Rosh, Rishon. For those who know Hebrew, you have the Resh, the Aleph, and the She. The corollary is no translation can possibly render the more important aspect of the matter at hand, the possibility of opposite meanings of the same word depending on its function in the context where it appears. This applies only to the original. Let's go back to how the English has first fruits for Rashid, which is its usual translation of Bukor, which is a totally different root. Beginning can be bad and is not readily good. The Arabic for New Year is Raqs as-Sanat, Raqs. You, you hear in the Arabic the Alif. Head of the year, corresponding to the Hebrew Rosh Hashana. But notice how in Hebrew you don't hear the Ah, which is the Aleph that you hear in Arabic. We all know from experience that in this case, a beginning does not necessarily end up as good news. Happy beginning of the year and everybody sings and so on and hugs and so on. Well, it's only the beginning of the year. How do you know that it's good or bad? This is where the tricky English omen, omen technically, it's people tell you you should watch out because it's bad. But people use it, omen. It's a sign of. Another example which I discuss in detail in my commentary of Isaiah, which I mentioned earlier, is Gu'ut, whose meaning is majesty, grandeur, height, Arrogance is good when it applies to God, whereas it is evil when it applies to man, buildings, mountains, waves. Remember my coined adage in scripture, only God looks cute in his arrogance. Everybody and everything else when arrogant are setting themselves up for being brought down, leveled down by the overbearing scriptural deity. As great as you are, at one point, you're going to find someone greater than thou. But the funny thing is scripture, it doesn't make the same statement. It makes it already at the beginning. <laughs> so that by chapter 2 of Genesis, you are equal to the animals if you didn't get the message in chapter 1. Because in chapter 2, you will be formed exactly as the animals are formed from the Adama. It's settled in chapter 1, but scripture learned from me as I used to be in the classroom. I would make sure 
to say the same statement in a different way, just to make sure that the message got across. It doesn't mean that the first one is not enough. It's already there. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.